They're large in charge and in they're about to barge. Here are Cliff and Kindle. <laughs> Stay away the hell from my 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 Oh, there's no place like the Falkland Islands to live forevermore. forevermore. Here we are, Kendall. <laughs> That's where we're living. That's where it's our home away from home, which is home. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't put it better or worse myself. Uh, this is Cliff and Kendall, <laughs> Coast to Coast, which is in the old internet talk show slash human institution that lives online and at KBSH Rye 99 back in Busheltown in America, we presume. We have not I, been there in a while. I do think after this long, it, it can be considered an institution. It is. And people have said for years, Cliff and Kendall, you should be institutionalized. And this is what they meant. <laughs> and here we are. Here we're, we are, baby. We're, we're as, as much of an institution as clothing. In blue as clothing who doesn't love clothing i know i do as long as they are large and very flowy and have a lot of room for my fat rolls <laughs> yeah large see when you say large to me my mind reads that as small and i need <laughs> xxx extra grande venti i know uh, for, uh, someone the other day was taking up money they said oh we're making these shirts that's gonna say you know support your local sheep farmer do you want to buy one and i thought you know what i will buy a support your local sheep farmer shirt because mm-hmm. i support supporting your local sheep farmer and it was only ten dollars i thought you know that'll I'll have a lot of community spirit and and they, i had to say well how many x's can i get in this shirt and, and then I still had to stop and think, well, would it be better if I just bought five smalls and stapled them all together? I, you know, they don't even make the size I need in most of the shirts I buy. You're, we're, well, we're between X's. <sighs> yeah, we're like, you know, with like bra sizes, they go like all the way up to like double Z mm-hmm. or something. Why don't they do shirts that just keep going up the letters of the alphabet? We need them. We need them. Kendall, eventually we'd run out and have to go into the numbers and the millions and the billions and the infinities. And it would just, it just it's a good thing that they do stop us somewhere. But Kendall, I want you to tell me right now, what is your favorite piece of clothing that you ever owned? <gasps> that I ever owned? Well, okay. I know. I've got it. What? Um, I had a shirt that... Someone gave me for Christmas or a birthday or something. They, you know, they kind of, and I think it was like a, a re-gift or something they had, and they just gave it to me. It was a Fruit Loop, a Fruit Loops shirt, and it was like super large on me at the time. And I was like, I'm not gonna wear this, and I kind of threw it in my closet. And then one day I put it on to sleep in, and it became my favorite shirt ever. You know, like when it gets like washed and it has holes in it, it's just like the best feeling, most comfortable shirt you've ever had. Um, 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 and it was getting about the time where it was so holy that I was going to have to either donate it to the church because it was so holy or right. throw it away. 
And that was when our, our little puppy dog, when he passed away, I used it and wrapped him up. And I was like, well, this is the perfect time. I'm going to give him something that was mine. And that's the only way I can like throw it away and be comfortable with not just like destroying it. So it's gone now, but that was my favorite shirt. Gone, but not forgotten. Right. What's your favorite piece of clothing? Uh, that muumu you're wearing right the now? Mumu, uh, this muumu is quite flowy and billowy. Which are two things I look for in any article of clothing. <laughs> My favorite article of clothing. I remember one thing I really do like is from, and I've still got this in a suitcase somewhere, because I could put it on and explode it out, but I won't. <laughs> and it was from when I was in like fourth grade, because I was mega fat in fourth grade, so some of that stuff still fits. And. It's a, you know, back when the Simpsons first started, they had all this bootleg Bart merchandise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you, you know, like going to... Don't the, have a cow, man. Yeah, to the flea market, and you see all these different bootleg Barts that are certainly not licensed by Fox. Oh, yeah. Right? And mine is just, it's Bart in, like, he's in a race car, and it's like a racer dude. And I just <laughs> remember having that from so many years ago. And I, and I do love it because it's a bootleg Bart. And it's part of my life, Kendall. It's, uh, the Simpsons has just touched my life. Physically, spiritually, and I would say tied for second are all of the Elvira shirts that I have that I cannot fit into and all of the Madonna concert tees that I have that I cannot fit into. Those all tie for second. <laughs> well, you could you could sew them all together and make a large quilt or, or one, one shirt that you could wear. <laughs> one shirt that would fit me. Now, Kendall, but I just look back, you know, someday, someday, someday. when... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe we, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn will give us stock in the store here. Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn's Butter Churn of Pottery and Butter. And the store will so. become a chain throughout the world, and I'll be able to afford some place that's more than one room, you know, than in my motel. <laughs> we'll finally be in a chain gang. Right. Back on the chain gang. And, you know, then I'll have a lot of wall space that needs covering, and I'll just cover one whole wall with all the shirts I can't wear. That is a great idea. Well, it's wall art. It is wall art. Anything is art if you nail it to the wall. <laughs> Take that. Bitches. We learned that at Watkins. Is it art? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, I made it. It's art. Um, 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 speaking um, of big old um, numbers um, of things, um, can you oh, believe... Oh, wait. When you, were you looking at me when I was on the scale? <laughs> no, that, that was the jumping off point that made me think of this other point. Oh, um, okay. Do you know how many gallons of water it takes to make one single cotton t-shirt? No. 700. What? That's yeah. not possible. It is possible. Can you imagine the many billions of gallons it takes to make a shirt for us? Oh, I don't want to think about it. Kendall, they're going to have to melt those polar ice caps quicker <laughs> just to get the water. Melt them up. Kendall, do you realize that in the old United States, that place we used to live and don't know anything about anymore, each person owns an average of seven pairs of blue jeans? Do you have seven pairs? Oh, I got way more than that. What? 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 Uh, what? Uh, now, let, let me rephrase it. I don't have seven pairs that fit me, but I have many, many, many pairs of jeans that are all too small thinking, one day, one day I'll be able to wear these. That's why I can't yeah. get rid of them. I guess maybe 
I mean, maybe I have somewhere four or five, and like now, and if I have five, four of them, as you say, do not fit, and I and could not button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one pair that fits and buttons, and it's just a tragedy, and I don't want to get into it. But I cannot believe that you have so many, Kendall. You, I'm going to call you the Blue Jean Fiend. <laughs> just call me Blue. Mm. <laughs> call you Blue Blue, blue Jean, Jean Baby. baby. <laughs> right at the exact same moment. Because <laughs> um, do you yeah. know that people wear jeans twice more often when they're depressed than when they're happy? Is that true about you? No. Well, I'm always depressed, so I wouldn't. I don't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> there's, there's no baseline, right? I, I don't. What, what are you wearing when you're happy? That you, you're putting on slacks, putting on some uh, the Ritz, going to the opera. Well, I guess the only time I'd be happy is if I was thin, and in that case, I'd be wearing like a speedo. So I guess that's, that's true. That's true. I would if I was really thin and happy, I would just be wearing a thong. <laughs> thong, 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 thong. <laughs> now, did you know? That people subconsciously stand further away from people that are wearing unfashionable clothing? <laughs> that must be why all these people are standing so far away from us. Why are they? Now, we should, speaking of that, we're here at the store, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churns, Butter Churn, Pottery and Butter. And oh, yeah. What, they, why are there the whole group? It's like a group of people have come to see uh, something. With, and as you say, they are standing. They're very standoffish in terms of us. They're very far from our booth. I do feel like we're in a zoo being watched. Oh, and that's not going to go over well. This group. Why are they standing so far away? It's the Falkland Islands Etiquette League, Cliff. That, you know, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn, she wants to join the Etiquette League. You know, she's. who, Who else? Who better? obviously, Who than her. And so they've sent these ladies over to just kind of stop by, check in on us, and make sure that everything's on the up and up before they let her join. Oh, well, I guess we better be minding our P's and Q's this week. Uh, oh, shit. I know, you should have started that a long time ago, Chris. Uh, uh, oh. Uh. Oh. Reminding our X's and O's. <laughs> Whoa. Kendall, did you know? Our belches and toes. <laughs> X's and O's, buttons and bows. <laughs> Kendall, did you know up until the beginning of the 19th century, they did not even use sexy bone-thin models to showcase clothes? Well, what the hell happened? I know. Well, they used to use sexy bone-thin dolls to model the clothes. Oh, well, still still sexy bone-thin. In terms of fashion, Kendall, you gotta be sexy and bone-thin or you don't get in. Well, I ain't getting in. <laughs> Kendall, if you're big and stout, you gotta stay the f*** out. That's our motto. <laughs> I'll just sit out here and set up a, a tent. Can, uh, Cliff, did you yeah, know Yeah. that, uh, speaking of your t-shirts from earlier, they are the most popular item of clothing in the entire world, and around two billion of them are sold every single year. Why? Two billion. Why would you wear anything but a t-shirt? Why? I don't know. Maybe you have an interview. Maybe you have uh, the Etiquette League coming over. Look at Mr. Snobbottom, how dapper he looks in that that three-piece suit. He does. I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, the middle of the afternoon, and he is wearing tails. But, uh, you know, he's putting on he's putting on the Ritz over there. But I... <laughs> I thought those were just his Thursday tails. Uh, well, maybe they are. I got on my Tuesday panties. 
Did someone say some rather unmentionable items oh, of clothing? Please don't mention any oh. unmentionables, boys. Oh, no. We would never mention unmentionables. Very unlike us. <laughs> so I do want to I want to wish you the best. Uh, how Have they already elected you Etiquette League president? Oh, no, dear. There's still a lot to be done before they can even accept me into the Etiquette League itself. Oh, my dear. If you don't mind my saying, they would be very foolish not to choose you to join the league, girl. Oh, why? Oh, thank you, Daffodil. Think of all the etiquette you, you could bring to them and to everyone here on the Falkland Islands. Oh, oh trust me, I know that you are the number one person with etiquette, and if you don't get in, we should just start our own etiquette league with you as the president because you're a shoe-in. Right. Speaking and, of clothing. And if we do have to start our own etiquette league, let's leave Kendall out. He's been belching an awful lot in here. Oh, excuse me. There is only one person in this store that we're leaving out. <laughs> oh, yes, I, dear, I know exactly who you're speaking of, and I'm a little nervous myself. After last time when we were in the school and Charles the contractor almost got us all kicked out, I'm worried what will happen here. Oh, why, I'm sure after the many, many times Charles the contractor has befouled our environment, I'm sure he's learned his lesson by now, Sugarlump. Whoa, yes. Uh, well... We haven't learned our lesson to stop doing the show. Why would he learn his lesson? Well, Kendall, we, you know, the, the thing about life, and I know you'll agree with me, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, the thing about life I'm sure I will, dear. is we never stop learning lessons. Like, I just learned the lesson about sometimes the vinyl does not come in the mail. And you have to just move on. That is an important lesson, dear, yes. Right, right. <laughs> well... Move on, Cliff. Move on. Move on. You, is, is that your way of uh, saying, Cliff, would you please sing the finale song, Move On, from Sunday in the Park with George? Is this your way of... Uh, it was not okay. my way of saying, although... Move on, if you can know where you're going, you've gone, just keep moving on. I chose and my world was shaken, so what? choice may have been mistaken the choosing was not you have to move on everything I say could be you know um god I can't words have failed me so much lately I forgot my own name I'll be praying for you boy (laughs) that's a wonderful idea maybe we should pray for the the Etiquette League as well to make sure oh, they let me in. Oh, yes, dear. Let's go have a quick prayer back in the stock room. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. And I have a prayer cloth back there for just such an occasion. Oh, amen. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we're going to try to be on our best behavior. Although, um, really, we should have, like, Crock-Pot or somebody watching Charles. I mean, I haven't even, you know... It, it... Charles the contractor, he leaves for days at a time. He Maybe he won't even show up. And that's that. what makes me nervous. When I don't see him, that's when shit really hits the fan. Oh, well, speaking of shit, Kendall, I would be remiss <laughs> in, 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 in as much as this show really is only a diary for you and I to recall other times. I would be For remiss. when my Alzheimer's kicks in, yeah. <laughs> if I didn't mention one of the things that just made me one of the coolest cats at Watkins Film School back in the day. Oh yeah. Clothes wise, do you know where I'm going? Oh, your 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 homemade t-shirts. <laughs> what a folk 
folksy way to refer to them. My homemade t-shirts. <laughs> what would you call them? <laughs> I would call them the t-shirts that I made that looked professionally made and that people would say, Clip. Where did you get this t-shirt? <laughs> I can say, I would refer to them as the fabric of my life. <laughs> the touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our lives. The touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our lives. The fabric of our lives. The touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our lives. Don't tempt me, Kendall. But yes, I had to say dozens puts it in, is really too conservative. I had probably 75, 80 different shirts that I made. And they were just the talk of the town. And people oh, would gosh. love them. How many times you take the words out of my mouth? I was going to say, they were the talk of the town. Why can't they were, and people people really did ask me to make shirts for them and give me money to pay, uh, paid me money to make them shirts. Like more than more than one person did. A few people did. Yeah. And you know, I was okay with me because I just printed it all off from my grandfather's computer, and he didn't mind. So it all, and then I ironed them on. Clip in the days before podcasts, you had to wear a shirt to express yourself. <laughs> To express yourself, I had so many Madonna, I had Cher, Dolly, I had Hocus Pocus, Christmas movies, and I they had were just good. all kind. Of, they were good. They were damn good. And none of them fit. Well, none of I don't think, I think maybe I have one, or probably one or two somewhere, but most of them, um, when I was cleaning out, moving somewhere, uh, my grandmother took them to the like local thrift store and donated oh, them. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I think that's great because that means they go out into the world. And uh-huh. and she said, she said at one point she went in there and they had a whole rack full of just my shirts that I had <laughs> made and ironed on. And I'm sure they eventually had a whole garbage bag that they sent to the dump. With oh, them they were there. selling like hotcakes. They probably were very reasonably priced used hotcakes. Now, Cliff, I have one more question I want to ask you uh, before I tell you something really funny. Okay. But I wanted to ask you, do you know where the first, or uh, when the first shopping center, not, no, not the not the year, who invented the first shopping centers? That would be Samuel Shopton in 1801. <laughs> No, Cliff, you got to think way before then. It was the ancient Romans. They were the very first one to create a shopping center. Uh, you mean just like a marketplace? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, Cliff, I see them right in the notebooks over there. You better cut oh, that out. Oh, so that was my chair. I just I sat back wrong. It just makes this... He's got a really queak, uh, squeaky, squeaky chair. <laughs> It's a, it's a squeaky chair. makes it kind of a belchy sound. Kind of weird. Mr. Steinbaum, we got to check that out. And that's no joke. This is not a joke. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm worried about the joke segment, but here they come. It's time for Glyphic Kittle's Bad Jokes. Oh, well, maybe they'll go uh, inspect Crockpot's pottery f- for a few minutes. <laughs> you might want to take a break from over here. <laughs> uh, Cliff, I've got one for you. All right. A man goes into a bar. And he asked the bartender, give me a drink before the trouble starts. And so the bartender gives him a drink, and then he drinks it on up, 
And he asks the bartender, he says, uh, Give me a drink before the trouble starts. And the bartender looks at him crazy. He gives him another drink. He drinks that one up too. He looks at the bartender. He says, give me another drink before the trouble starts. The bartender finally gives him another drink. He downs that one too. He says, give me another drink before the trouble starts. The bartender says, when's this trouble going to start? And he said, oh, when you find out that I don't have any money. Whoa. Ouch. That's, wasn't that the plot to the Oscar-winning film Parasite? Pretty much. Pretty much. So somebody tell the joke writers about that. (laughs) Kendall, there were these two people, and their names were Gary and Mary, and they were on their honeymoon. And you'll never believe it, but Gary, he spends six hours on the honeymoon night going downtown on Mary. Whoa. And whoa. See, I cleaned it up, though, for the etiquette. And the next afternoon, they go into an Italian restaurant, and suddenly, Gary, he starts to freak the freak out. And he screams, waiter, waiter, come over here. And the waiter says, can I help you, sir? And Gary yells, there's a hair in my spaghetti. Get it the fuck out of here. And the waiter apologizes up and down as he quickly takes the spaghetti away. Mary looks over at Gary and shaking her head, she whispers, what a hypocrite you are. You spent most of last night with your face full of hair, pubic hair. And Gary <laughs> says, yeah, well, how long do you think I'd have stayed if I found a piece of spaghetti in there? Whoa. Whoa. That's Linguini. a spicy meatball. <laughs> a, clip, a traveling salesman. He stops at the nearest farmhouse. And he asked oh, if he can spend the night. sounds promising. Oh, it is. He asks if he can stay the night, and the farmer says, okay, and tells him he can go upstairs and sleep in the same room as his daughter. I don't know why he said that, but the salesman goes upstairs, and as he enters the daughter's room, he notices another salesman is in bed with her. Oh, my God, he said. I must be in the wrong joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, terrible. He should have just jumped right in. (laughs) That's what we do with the joke. That's what we would do. With the jokes. Kendall, I gotta tell you about these two (laughs) old fellas named Ray and Bubba. And you know, (laughs) they were two (laughs) old Navy buddies on leave and they decide to go to Bubba's house and get drunk. And lo and behold, they run out of beer. And so Bubba says that he'll go for more. And as he's leaving, he tells his wife, Linda Lou, to show Ray her best southern hospitality and she agrees and Bubba comes back with the beer and finds Ray and Linda Lou a screwing right on the kitchen floor oh no and Bubba yeah Bubba yells he says what are you doing Linda Lou and she says well you told me to show Ray my best southern hospitality and Bubba then says well (laughs) well girl arch your back poor Ray's balls are on the floor oh that's that wasn't good hospitality that wasn't. See, that was. That's the gist of that joke. Is that <laughs> really, if you're gonna show hospitality, don't go in half measures. You get the balls up off the floor. You know, I bet the etiquette group is gonna love that one because he was he was being proper. He was like, do it right. All right, clip. Right, right, uh, right, uh, right, uh, right, uh, right. Charles. Uh, speaking uh, of uh, no uh, etiquette, uh, Charles, the contractor, was sitting in a bar when a woman approached him. Again, not sure why. But the, she says, you look lonely. I'll do anything you want for $200. And Charles says, all right, you can set the booth up over there. Kendall will pay you. <laughs> oh, Whoa. That was a good one. 
Whoa. Kendo. There is uh, this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, there wasn't a guy. I gotta stop that when the etiquette group is too close. <laughs> Kendo. A man took a woman to an X-rated movie, and he purchased some refreshments and showed his date to her seat. And soon after the on-screen action started, she put her hand on the man's lap. Whoa, and then that happened. (laughs) Looking over at him, she belched and then remarked, I see this is getting you excited too, but how come it's so cold? And he said, it's because you're jerking off my ice lollipop. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Kendall, don't you hate it when they jerk off the ice lollipop instead of the right thing? Uh, he really froze her out. <laughs> what, talk about your cold shoulder. Clef, what happens when Charles the Contractor peed in a wheat field? I don't remember what happened. I think, nobody, I mean, that was pretty mild for him, right? <laughs> he was arrested for going against the grain. <laughs> Goodness dear, I'm so sorry to come in and interrupt, but Charles the contractor just walked in and I'm so nervous he's going to do something terrible. Oh, oh no, and after all of our many, many prayers, dear. Oh my oh, goodness. why, God, why? Oh, he's our, what is that in his hand over there? Oh God, Cliff, we better go see if we can pull him away from the, the etiquette people and see if we can do something with him. Yeah, let's see. We, we got to get to the bottom of this. Let's go over there and, you know, really... Oh, please, if everyone could come over here, we're just oh, gonna... Over here, everyone. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll be right back after this. Okay. Don't go away, Mad. Cliff and Kendall will be right back. Hey, creeps. Do you want to hear horrifying tales of vampires, zombies, werewolves, and more? Then pick up your phone and dial the premier horror hotline, 1-900-MONSTER. Talk directly to demons so scary you'll be dying for more. Under 18, we'll get your parents' permission before calling. $2 for the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute, 1-900-MONSTER. Dial in and freak out. And we're back. It's Cliff and Kindle time. Now what? Oh, I'm sure. What? I, there was just a big splash, and then those people just ran out. What was happening? Oh, oh my goodness, dear! I, I'm sure that you wouldn't ever think that this would happen with Charles, but I seem to have asked him to empty a bucket of the starter culture that made the sheep's cheese, dear. And he picked up the wrong bucket, one that he had been urinating in the back with, and spilt it all over the 
The etiquette league women. <laughs> so disgusting. Oh, oh my god. Oh, sugar lump. Oh, how, oh, how will we get through? Oh, no. I could certainly imagine that that would happen, though. Oh, well, they're never going to admit me to the etiquette league now. Oh, well. <laughs> You know, if if they don't, then it just it just wasn't meant to be. It was just really a, you know an act of God that that the pee bucket filled fell over. And you're the head of the etiquette league in our hearts. And we could we could start an alternative <laughs> etiquette Thank league. You, you know, I love it. If you can't beat them, start your own. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hope you're right, dear. Oh, 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 dear. Oh, I think we should go back over there in the corner next to Crockpot's pottery wheel and, and send up a prayer to the Lord <laughs> right away. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. And make sure Crockpot has a mop in getting up that urine. Oh, yes. Oh, Crockpot gets the mop. All right. Oh, oh, that... Uh, uh, of course, he's ruined this as well. Where is he? Where did he go? Uh, I think he went back in, into the back room there. Maybe to empty out the rest of the bucket? I don't know. Oh, Lord knows what he's doing back there. I don't even want to think about it. Lord only, uh, Lord only knows how fat I am. Kendall, have you noticed every day this week... Oh, he knows. Week, <laughs> have you noticed over <laughs> the past 12, 13 years... Of the show, the, how fat I am. But no, every day this week, there's been somebody in the motel, and they've had this big tray. Like, one day it was a big tray of cinnamon rolls, and one day it was a big tray of this cake, this uh, yellow cake with white icing. And I just, when I see that stuff sitting out, and, I, and it's in a room of its own, I cannot help. I am... I uncontrollably drawn back over and over and over. It's as though oh, yeah. it's a it's a challenge to see how many of those free things that are sitting out that I can eat <laughs> while I'm there with yeah. nobody either nobody noticing or only like separate people noticing at one time. It doesn't make any sense to me how much I lack self control. Like I honestly could say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat anything bad, and then. I could pass by something. I'm like, ooh, donuts, and then pick one up and eat it. Like before I even know what happened. <gasps> I know it's it's some whenever, especially when it's free. I'm like, oh, I need this. Oh, oh I better yeah. have another. Oh, I'll, I'll just have one more. Yeah, no, there's there's no way to stop it. That's why I do not get. I don't buy things that are bad for me. And if if I like if they're ever in the house for any reason, I'm gonna eat them. I'm gonna destroy whatever thought I have for the day of not eating terribly. And not be able to fit in that clothing. <laughs> <laughs> and here, what I do, of course, is I eat all those cinnamon rolls or pieces of cake or what have you in the morning. And then on the way home, I think, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go get a Ben and Jerry's and a pizza. And oh, yeah. I hole up in my motel room watching some show, Frasier, give me a break. Who knows what? Oh, I could. If, in the food court, in the food court, I could argue any argument. For food. I could be like, well, I had a piece of gum earlier. I might as well just throw caution to the wind and eat everything now. Because I've already ruined the day. It's so hard to make any sense. Those arguments that will keep you from eating or do or doing whatever our listeners, you know, their vice is. Maybe they have a vice that's not eating. <laughs> but j- just whenever you think, well, I'm just going to give in because A, Earth is dying. Oh, yeah. And the planet is not going to be here much longer. 
Uh, you know, we I got a weird letter from Terry the Temp. She said something about America is closed for business. You know, they got to repair it or something. Broke down. And so it's like, okay, America's dead. And like an elevator. <laughs> like, remember all the remember Big Bang fans? How that elevator was always broken till the last episode. Not in service. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Final episode, they fixed it. And then, so not only is Earth and America specifically just dead and gone, but it's also like, okay, well, we're all going to get the coronavirus and all this and that and the other. You know, I heard there was a case of a sheep having the coronavirus, not on Fizzy 111, but on Fizzy 113. So everybody's, of course, all up in arms here in the Falkland Islands. Oh, you know, it'll be here before you know it. So, you know, when, and when faced with those things, what, what, how, how can you say, no, I shouldn't eat this Ben and Jerry's? Kendall, do you have anything else to say about clothes? This is a show about clothes. <laughs> do I? I don't know. Do, do I ever? Look, do you know, did you know that people that wear Superman t-shirts, it's scientifically proven that they feel stronger. They're, they, they're not stronger, but it, you, they actually feel stronger when they wear a Superman t-shirt. Now, what is it I'm supposed to feel when I have two Superman t-shirts, but they're both just way too small for me? <laughs> if you have two Superman t-shirts sewn together, you will be three times as strong. Three times, no kryptonite could stop me. Well, Kendall, speaking of... <laughs> Only been in Jerry. <laughs> speaking of clothing, Kendall, did you know back in the old days, some call it the good old days of the Middle Ages, poor people would wear mittens while rich bitch folks wore gloves to show what? off their wealth. What a bunch of bitches. They were like, what a look. Bunch of bitches. Gotta show those fingers off. I can afford to have each finger individually covered. Well, I'm gonna get a pair of gloves and stick up my middle finger to them. How about that? Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry, Mrs. Potter, but she is like shaking her head at me now. Sorry. Sorry. She's, well... If, if, if Charles didn't lose us the etiquette league <laughs> slot, I think you just did. Um, Cliff, did you know that offenders receive longer sentences in court if you wear black? So if you ever get caught doing whatever you're doing, don't wear black to your trial. All right, I'll, I'm going to wear one of those white Colonel Sanders suits. <laughs> get one of those just in case you ever need it. Just in case. And what they won't know is I'll be secretly dressing up as Reba when she was dressed up as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love now, it. Now, Kendall, another incredible thing about clothing and fashion. Do you know who invented the buttons that go on your sleeves? Uh, is that Harry McButtons? No, Harry McStupid. <laughs> it was Napoleon. Napoleon, he invented the buttons? He invented not just the button, but the buttons that go on sleeves after his soldiers kept wiping their snotty noses on their sleeves that didn't have buttons. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to make it a lot harder for them. I'm going to put some rigid buttons so they have to wipe their snot on something else. Well, what do you know? I did not... That. That is something. Well, Cliff, did you know that those high heel shoes are nothing new? They in the, were around in the 18th century, and they were fashionable even for children. They were like, children, put on these high heels. Oh, I guess. And wear your button on your sleeves. Well, see, and that that just shows you that it, forever, it's been so long, people were these John Benet Ramsey parents pimping out their kids, painting them up like whores. Paint them like whore. Kendall, did you know that it was all the way back in the year 200 
that Romans created the first pair of shoes where each shoe was fitted for either the left or the right foot. Before that, they were just unifoot shoes. God, what a bunch of idiots before the Romans came around. Thank you, Romans. Like, we'll just, we'll just get a pile of shoes and stick them on whatever foot works. That's what they, that was the thought before that. Well, Cliff, did you know that Gucci used to make a pair of jeans, or they, I guess they still made a pair of jeans, that cost $3,134, and they were named the Gucci Genius Jeans. I think they were the Gucci Idiot Jeans if you were paying $3,000 for them. They better do my taxes for me. If they're costing that much, those genius jeans. <laughs> it comes with one year of tax preparation. It comes with a free TurboTax CD. <laughs> Kendall, did you know the word gymnos? Ooh, sorry. I, let me tell you, everybody. Send the kids out of the room for this one. Gymnos. Oh. Because the word gymnos means naked in Greek, which gives us our word, of course, for gym, the gymnasium. And that is because the ancient oh. Greeks, you know, they just used to exercise in the nudie naked. Oh, my goodness. Well, n- naked and gyms, both things I want nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might go to the gym more if, you, if there was a bunch of naked people in there. Well, Cliff, do you know uh, D.W. Griffith, the old producer of the silent movies back in Hollywood, he thought that actresses' eyes could look a little better, and he went ahead and created the first fake eyelashes. Oh, my God. Thank you for ruining women's lives, telling them that their eyelashes that God gave them were not enough. Griffith? He was like, here, glue these glue these pieces of hair onto your eyeballs. Glue these on. Paint your face. Push up your boobs. Be skinnier. He brought us so many terrible things. Oh, my God. God? This sounds like something else. Kendall, do you know what you call people who collect neckties? Uh, neckatiophobic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's someone who's afraid of neckties. Oh. Someone who collects them is called a grabatologist. <laughs> grabatologist, yeah. Oh, so if wow. you maybe grab me a tie out there who are whose dads you know love neckties did was your dad did he he was a truck driver did he have a bunch of neckties maybe a couple clip-ons <laughs> couple clip-ons my because my dad was i think he did have clip-ons yeah my dad was an accountant and he had just these huge tie racks bursting with neckties and it was you know it was like a necktie museum because the further back you went that you were like oh this is what neckties were fashionable 20 years ago (laughs) and that kind of a thing (laughs) come into the necktie museum he needed one of those carousels in the closet like spin so you can find the right tie he did he probably probably would have made him too woozy all those ties spinning around you know somebody gave me one of those for christmas one year and I put it in the closet, and I realized I had four ties, and I thought, this takes up more room than the ties do. So I took it out. Right, 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 right. Right, right idiots. Right, right. Um, <laughs> did you know that purple, the color purple in clothes, not in the movie. I love were... the color purple. Remember <laughs> when Whoopi, when she at the end, nothing but death could keep me from it. How could anybody watch the color purple without just weeping? Does it make you weep? Well, Yes, that's, I, yes, I love that movie, and I can't watch it if unless I'm I have a bowl ready to catch all my tears. Maybe I'll uh, fill it with ice cream, and then once I eat the ice cream, I'll have it to catch all the tears in. But purple clothes were only worn by magistrates, emperors, and other uh, ar- aristocrats in Rome, Italy. Oh, 
They only wore purple. Yes. To distinguish themselves. And gloves, oh, I guess. Oh, I call that the purple nurple. Purple gloves. Kendall, here's Ooh. something else Ooh. sexy about clothing. Did you know, Ooh, <laughs> up until <laughs> the 17th century, well, men just didn't wear any underwear at all. They were just free, free oh. balling. Free balling. <laughs> and and what, what made them start? putting on the underwear. Probably uh, got a bunch of stinky ball sweat stains on their pants and they were like, well, you know what? I just maybe should put a little layer in there. I bet the people wearing purple and gloves came around and was like, you need to put some underwear on. Mm-hmm. If we can afford to have each of our fingers individually sewn, then you can put on a pair of underpants. <laughs> Uh, well, Cliff, you know New York Fashion Week back in, in New York in the U.S. of A. It made its debut in 1943 because Americans start, they just were like, Paris can't have all the fun. We want to start our own Fashion Week. We'll show them. That, that's showing them. Kendall, one more tidbit about the ancient Romans to whom we owe so many of our clothing trends. Do you know what color they used to wear on their wedding days? Purple. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you were a magistrate getting married would you wear purple. It was... (laughs) Oh, Coldplay liked it, so they wrote a song about it. It was called Yellow. 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 Okay. Color of sunshine. Color of sunshine. Uh, Wonder when it changed to white. uh, Probably somebody bleached their yellow bridal gown (laughs) by accident, and they're like, well, no, I'm white because I'm a virgin. Touched for the very <laughs> first time. Don't they know white is not a very slimming color? Like a virgin. And what if you get married after Labor Day? You just can't wear nothing at all. Just going in the nude in the gym. Uh, uh, in the uh, nude, you gotta get married uh, in a gym. Uh, naked. We're experts on what colors make you look fatter, what colors make you look thinner. Um, we know, you know, not to wear horizontal stripes. We're very. You know, big on well, very big. We're very big on the right things to wear for our size. Uh, Moo Moo says it best. But so over the years, like, what have you found is the best thing for you to wear so you don't look like the side of a truck, like I do? I, I don't know because I, I feel like we have different takes on what to wear because just just on uh-huh. t-shirts, let's say. Because a a I don't yeah. want to wear anything but elastic waist pants, really shorts. And a t-shirt because I'm just the biggest, <laughs> fattest slob imaginable. But mm-hmm. a t-shirt because, and my thinking always was, I want a shirt that has, like right now, well, I'm wearing a muumuu right now. Sorry, I looked down. But my shirt that I wore before I put on this muumuu was one of my Pennywise shirt, one of the five shirts I have that fits. And it has the big Pennywise on the front. And you, I feel like you wear t-shirts that are blank because you don't want anything on there because you feel like that makes you look thinner. Whereas I'm like, people are going to be so focused on Pennywise, they're not going to notice the fat rolls underneath. No, see, the reason I don't wear logos is I'm like, people might look over here and say, oh, look at that Pennywise. And then they'll notice while they're looking, like, why is he so deformed? Oh, Kendall's belly is enormous. Oh, no. So I just think maybe if it's blank, they just look right past me to whatever's behind me. No, see, if it's blank, I almost feel like I just might as well be topless. Like, well, look, here's my boobs. (laughs) 
Here they are. But if it, that's why you got to wear some thick muumuu fabric. That, that's why I've got on this uh, floral plant muumuu right now. But you know, when I wear the t-shirts, I'm like, no, look, it's it's like a you know, give them the old razzle dazzle with Pennywise or Elvira or some other talk talking point that will take the focus away from the obesity. Give them the old razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle them. Oh. Cliff, while we've been talking about all this, did you see the ladies from the Etiquette League? I started to say Justice League. The Etiquette League just came back in, and Mrs. Potterbutterbutter turn is talking to them, and, and Mr. Snodbottom is pushing Charles out the other door. <laughs> Rightfully so. I hope they break it to her gently. I know. Oh, I don't know if she can take much more. That's all of us. Do you always feel like you're at your breaking point about to freak out? Yes. Constantly. Because I do. And it gets worse every day. <laughs> I'm like, because I really think, like, I can't take anymore. And the next day, something else happens. I'm like, well, now I really can't take anymore. Exactly. It, I don't really know where I was the other day. Oh, I th- here. I was here at the store. And uh, our, our head cashier, mm-hmm. Rita Baloney, was here. And I was over there working the Rye Kiosk. And we were just chatting one night as we were closing up. And she, she, you know, of course, she hasn't known us that long. The store hasn't been open but a few weeks. Yeah. And she said, you know, you just seem like you just always so calm and, you know, like, just you roll with the punches. Nothing ever, you know, makes you freak out. And I just... I Boy, she really doesn't know us. I know! And I just had to really <laughs> laugh and think, well, there were people who used to call, when they would freak out, they would call it having a cliff moment. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and that, when we were, as we would say, hard drive throwing mad. Yeah. So I, th- I thought, you know, I thought, I'm glad... That I have, you know, that there are people who see me as this big, calm, is big, calm presence. And they don't know about the cliff moments when I'm about to flip out, which feels like I'm always on the verge. That just goes to show you, hard drives plus time equals calm. But I want to know, WWID, what would I do? What would I do? I'll tell you. (laughs) What would you do? What would you do? (laughs) Okay, fine. We'll do that. I'm okay with fine. that. Fine. Let me just put on my what would I do clothing. Instead. You can get glad in the same pants you got sad in. Ooh, I can't find them in that size anymore. <laughs> you can't fit them, but. <laughs> All right, Cliff. You go to the doctor with a headache. And he okay. says, oh, I hate to tell you this, but you have a terminal disease. He said, you okay. have mere weeks to live and you go onto the interwebs and alert the world and randomly someone offers you a million dollars and says you can uh, live like a king for your final days for the few weeks. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? Well, really, if you're dying in a few weeks and you had a million dollars, I could easily take $5,000 and have everything that I need. And so then I could take the rest, uh, almost a million dollars, and donate it somewhere to where they'll name like a hospital wing after me. So it'll always be like the, you know, the Cliff Center for Obesity at Johns Hopkins Medical Center or something. So, I mean, really, if you had two, three weeks, we're going to do it with a million dollars. Give it to somebody who needs it. And, not, and this is not saying I would 100% take 5000 and go out and bang. <laughs> but I don't, I, for a couple of weeks, what, what do I need more than that for? Well, that was a wonderful, generous offer, Cliff. I'm so glad 
that that was your answer. Although you may have ruined my other what would you do question. <laughs> when I think to myself, what a wonderful answer. Kendall, I have so many for you. I hope you're ready. Oh, no. No, I'm ready. Kendall. All right. Let's say this. You are with Susan, and we don't know why, but she's fallen into a coma. Okay. And when Susan, but she wakes up from her coma, but when she does, two things have happened to her. One, she thinks that she is back in high school and she's 16 years old, when really she's as old as we are. And two, she's got super strength. What would you do? What would you do? Okay. She thinks she's 16 and she has super strength. Well, first, I'd get her to move all those pavers that we need to move back at the house. Because she has super strength. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. She'd probably divorce me because she'd think I'd look so old. Because she, she'd be 16. I'd be 100. You know, I look 100 yeah. anyway. So, yeah. I don't know. I, get, I wouldn't be able to do much because she'd leave me. All right. But I tell her to move the pavers before she leaves me. All right. So, basically, you'd sign the divorce papers. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess so. She ser- yeah, she served me. Cliff, uh, okay. Serves you. Follow up follow up to the first, what would I do? Uh, uh, Turns uh, out that uh, the doctor uh, was wrong, uh, gave uh, you the wrong test results, and you're not going to die. But you've already spent $990,000. Uh, you've donated it. I was going to ask you, what are you going to do? But I guess you're just going to tell them, fuck off, that you gave the money to charity. What are they going to do? So... Yeah. There you go. I've already answered it, the question for you. It'd be like that great, great moment. You know, I just watched a few week or a week or so ago, Ghost again with Whoopi. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. have you seen that in the last many years? It's so good. I've seen it in the last probably five years. Yeah. Okay. Then that's good. But it, it's, it's been a little bit more than that since I'd seen it. And Whoopi, she should have won five Oscars for that. Oh, she's great. Instead of just yeah. the one. So hilarious. And it, and it was just although really, the, I think, really good movie all around. It is. Although the demons terrified me. Or whatever oh, they were no. that came up through the ground. I love them. I love that. It's so great. Cause it's, it's just like, well, no, I think I thought that was really cool how they did it. Cause it's just like all of a sudden the shadows start closing yeah. in and it's so it's like, oh, they were there all along. That reminds me of the moment when Oda May, you know, she gives the check to the nuns of all the money oh, oh, that, yeah. you know, Sam saved from the bank from Carl. So yeah. I thought, you know, that's just like that. Like, what are they going to do? They, I'll give it to the nuns and let them. Just another way you and Oda May are just alike. We both. I wear my, now really my mumu I'm wearing is a lot like that flashy gold lame thing she wore when she was telling <laughs> fortunes. Yeah, I would wear that yeah. for sure. So that's what, oh, now it's your turn. Okay. Kendall. Oh, I, yeah, yes. All right. Here's what's happening to you. You, there's been a crime okay. committed on the Falkland Islands. And you, we don't know why, but you've deduced the only way that you can help figure out who committed this crime, you've figured out a plot that you're going to carry out. And here's your plot. You are going to go across the water there to Fizzy 112 to, it's a brothel called One-Eyed Jacks. And you're going to pose as a new prostitute. You're, You're a new prostitute, right? And... A new one or a nude one? Both. And oh, okay. A new, nude, probably. <laughs> right. 
and <laughs> you go there naked and you apply to the head whore and you say look you know and of course this is all a uh, ruse because you're trying to solve a crime but you're like look i'm i'm okay. a naked new prostitute and i want i've got to get this job and she says okay i'm gonna set you up with the owner of the place uh. She belches because she's been drinking a lot <laughs> as the head whore. And she says, I'm going to set you up with the owner of the place. We'll see if he approves of you. Go to the back room over there. So you go to the back room naked and you hear a knock on the door. And they open the door and they come in and you see the the owner of One-Eyed Jacks has come in. And he's, he's ready there to test out the new hire. But the owner... And a shock to you is none other than your very own father. What would you do? Well, I would probably, my father or not, whoever walks in is going to see me naked and be like, and just blorch in the corner immediately. And so I'm off the, I'm off the case. I don't have to do it anymore. So, um, and then I sing a little song, a little version of 20 fans were turning, they were turning as I run out uh-huh. and I go down to, I go down to the ice cream parlor, uh, and I keep singing cause I'm just so in the mood now I'm singing, um, uh, fizzy one eleven has a whorehouse in it. Lord have mercy on our soul. And I order three scoops of ice cream. And as I'm sitting there eating the ice cream, I see the murder of the plot I was trying to find run by and I'm still naked thank God so I run out he blorches and I cuff him while he's blorching alright take him into the authorities and I'm hailed as a savior one last question where were you hiding the cuffs <laughs> in my Sunday <laughs> uh, Cliff <laughs> you are on your deathbed dying of a real terminal disease this time not uh, a fake okay one. and a, a magician appears who knows real magic he appears in front of you and says he can take the disease away from you, but you have to give it to another person. You say, great, I know just the person to give it to and help millions of others. And he was like, wait a minute, there's a catch. It has to be someone you know personally. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, I'm just such a wonderful person. I could never do that. Or, or, or maybe, you know what? I'm like, you know what? You know the one person who would take this from me? Kendall, and so Charles. I would just, oh. I would just be like you know, if I told Kendall about this, he would insist that I gave it to him, and so I just go ahead and give it to you. I would do it. And yeah. Thank you for your sacrifice. As long as the magician tells me that I could also have the same thought, and then I would pass it along to somebody else, and then we'd all be rid of the urine-soaked floors. Oh, Kendall, 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 Kendall. Here is a what would I do for you? Do all right. Okay, I'll, I'll do-do. You are out on your regular route delivering what but Meals on Wheels, as you always do. And always. you go, you take this, uh, you know, meal, you hop out of your wheels, take the meal into the house, and you see, mm-hmm. these are some new people you've never been to before, and who you see is this bedridden old lady, and then across from her... In her chair there is a young boy who must be her grandson, and he's dressed in a tuxedo. Okay. And so you give the meal to the old lady, and she opens it up with the top, but she notices that you have brought her creamed corn. 
and she didn't want cream corn. And she tells you, she says, I asked for no cream corn. And so then you say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. And she, But she says again, I don't like cream corn. I did not ask for cream corn. Then the little boy in the tuxedo starts talking to you. And he says, do you want to see a trick? And you say, okay, because you're a magician it yourself. sounds like a trick. A fledgling magician. <laughs> and you say, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a trip. And he says, all right, do you see the cream corn? on the plate and you look and it's there you know big blob of cream corn there in the corner of the plate and yep. he said and you say yes and then he says look back do you see it there now and you look back and it's gone Kendall it's like it's never been there on the plate and you go oh, and you look over to the little boy and what is filling his cupped hands but creamed corn what would you do uh, uh, well, 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 I would go back to my car and get the large, probably 12-course meal that I bought earlier for myself. And I would bring that in and I would ask the old woman, what would you like from this? And let her make her pick and choose whatever she'd like. Um, and then I would show the little boy a trick where I make cream corn appear all over his head. No, I'm kidding. I would show him a real trick where I make, like... A huge candy bar disappear, but it wouldn't be in my cupped hands. It would be gone. Oh, up where you stuffed the, the handcuffs. <laughs> I'll show them a thing or two. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I mention I'm nude the entire time? <laughs> I assumed you were nude. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Well, that's, that's all the what would I do questions for you. I'm sure you have another one for me. Well, I will save it for later, Kendall. And that's that's all the what would I was doing with you. That's all I'm doing. That's what I'd have done. That's what I'd do. All right. I'm glad we had this time to talk about what we do. Oh, boy. Fantastic <laughs> news. Oh, it's my. wonderful. It's so wonderful. Oh, oh what could you ever have a wonderful news about right now? What? I thought... It seems that the Etiquette League women have decided that we are wonderful people for letting such a terrible person work with us as we re- rehabilitate him to be a wonderful person with proper etiquette. Oh, they said you were very Christ-like, Sugarlump. You, you know how he always works with the lowest of the low. <laughs> oh, yes, dear. Well, that's what I always say. That's that's why we've employed him for all these years. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, see, Kendall was all worried, and he, but really, it was Charles that got us in. So, congratulations to uh. you, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. Oh, thank you, dear. I could have done it without him. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you could have. Uh, dear, why don't we go find Charles the contractor and take him out to dinner? To celebrate. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. And I'm sure that the Etiquette League would think very fondly on us taking him out to dinner. Oh, yes. We'll see if they'd like to go along. <laughs> oh, that that sounds great. We just have a few more minutes. We'll finish up the show and we'll go with you. Oh, there's no room for you two boys. So you keep doing whatever this is that you're doing. <laughs> All right, dear. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yes, dear. I, I do think there's some cream corn in the back if you're hungry, though. Oh, Wait, all right. No, Charles! Charles. Charles. Oh. Uh, why, why do we never get dinner? <laughs> because that's something I should have known already. Duh, bitch. Are you loca? <laughs> Things you should know! <laughs> 
What a segue. You know, I was watching The View the other day. Yeah. You know, we had some downtime, and Whoopi was on there. Yeah. Speaking of Whoopi, we've talked a lot about Whoopi today, but um, she was on there, and she was just doing the best transitions. People were talking, and she's like, well, I'm going to throw it to commercial now, and she was just an expert. Perfect. I was like, we need to be watching her for tips. Well, you'd certainly do. All right, Kendall, here is your <laughs> thing you should know. Are you, are you ready? All right. I'm ready. All right. What Mexican tourist Mecca was named for the Aztec term meaning conquered or destroyed? Uh, Cancun. Uh, Acapulco. Oh, Acapulco. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what is the lar- speaking of Acapulco? What's the largest bone in the human body? Oh, I can't answer that on a family <laughs> show. Oh, give it a shot. The femur. Yes, it's the femur. Well, ding ding I, ding ding. I knew all those years studying anatomy would help. Kendall. Kendall, yeah. who first determined the height of mountains on the moon by measuring the length of the shadows they cast? Uh, Galileo. Galileo Figaro Vixmila. We're not letting him go. Let him go. Galileo. Was that right? Yes. Oh, I was thinking it was either going to be Galileo or Copernicus. I'm glad I chose wisely. All right, Cliff. What is the second largest country in the entire world? America, the United States. No, idiot. No. Canada. <gasps> oh, Canada. Canada. What company's logo is the world's second most recognized symbol after the cross that Jesus died on? Uh, I hate to say it, but what, the Nazi symbol? No! The swastika? The Coca-Cola logo. Oh, well, just as bad, I'm sure. No, that's <laughs> No! Not bad at all. <laughs> I would gladly hail Coca-Cola. <laughs> I do every day. Cliff, what is colder, or which is colder, the North or the South Pole? Oh, the South Pole. Yes, you're correct. I had to look back. I I couldn't remember. Oh, it's because you know what they say. Once you go to the South Pole, you put it in your hole. Kendall. Put it in the hole. (laughs) What favorite son's gravesite can be found by following the yellow line at Louisville Cave Hill Cemetery? Um, was that... Lewis from Lewis and Clark? No, Kendall, this is another throwback. Not Whoopi. She's alive and kicking, thank God. But this is KFC, the man himself, Colonel Sanders. Oh, uh, well, that, is that where I, that's where he probably keeps a secret recipe? Probably, probably buried with him. All right, what do you call a poker hand with, a five, with five cards of the same suit? Uh, five card stud. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be a flush. <laughs> a flush. Flush it. That's what people are thinking about doing with the show, just flush it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Finally for me, Kendall. Kendall, 
What nickname did long distance Olympic runner Mirutz Yifter earn for his ability to shift into high gear at the end of a race? Again, his name uh, was Mirutz Yifter. Manifter Shifter. <gasps> so close. Yifter the Shifter. Oh. <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. All right, damn, finally damn, for damn, me. Damn, all right. Damn, what? Damn, Speaking of large things on your body, what's me? the largest organ? Are you organ looking at my boobs in this moment? <laughs> Not that organ. What's the largest organ in the human body? <laughs> the, the male wiener when in the presence of other male wieners. I don't know. You would the think, skin. but it's the liver. The liver? I thought no, the skin the liver. was the largest organ. Uh, not not according to these questions. Mm. Google it. Have to Google that. That's one. it in the human body. In the human body, oh. not on the human body. All right. Well, my liver is a little bit shrivered by now, so. <laughs> they call you the shriver liver. They call me shriver the liver. <laughs> oh, that's good. And that's all the things you should know. That's all we've got to know. Nobody needs to know anymore. If you know more than that, it's dangerous. Dangerous. I'm, I'm so sad that they've left and we have nothing to eat. I think we're going to have to make a food run. Oh, they took Crock-Pot with them. I was going to see if she'd maybe go out and get us a pizza or some, some Chinese food or something. Ugh. You know, I hate going out on our own to get food. I know. Do you? Are you like me? Speaking of clothes, as we wind down this clothes show, do you... Mm-hmm. It's just like... I, I don't want to even put on clothes. To go out. I'm, I'm just like, oh, obviously I'm wearing a muumuu here in public. But, yep. you know, are you the same way? You're just like, oh, God. I don't know, just yeah. prefer to stay home and then put on clothes. That's the whole reason I don't go out. But I, I do, I've, I've found this new thing that you're going to love that you have to do too. I, I have like a little closet next to the, uh, you know, where as you walk in the hotel room, there's a little closet there where you keep your clothes. Mm-hmm. I put a little hook on the back of it and I call them a door pants. So, like, you know, when food deliveries come, I, and I, I'm not wearing any pants. I have to throw on some pants real quick. And they're, like, real, like, loose, like, pajama pants. So, whenever I have to just drive somewhere to go get food, I just put on my door pants and drive down. Because, you know, you drive through. They don't see you. I just put on my door pants. All right. Well, that's a good tip for me and for all the listeners. I'm listeners, here to help. apply here that to, to your life. Oh, well, do you, do you have any closing words about clothing that you want to make sure you get out before we go? <sighs> No. <laughs> I said it all. <laughs> said it all. Okay, well then I, I'll, I'm going to be done as well. All right, well, I have... Oh, the, I hear the sad music has begun. So sad. It's so sad. It makes, it makes me cr- weep. Every time I'm listening to the show and I hear it, it makes me weep because I know it's almost over. Because it's, but Kendall, don't smile. Oh no, sorry, don't cry because it's over. <laughs> smile because it happened. <laughs> That's a good sentiment. That was a great quote. All right. Do you have any clothing quotes? I don't. Put on some clothes. How about that? All right. I have a, <laughs> I have a rerun quote that is not related to clothing, and it's apropos of nothing. Does anybody want to hear it? It sounds perfect, then. Here we go, Kendall. And I'm, <laughs> Don't you hate when you start to say a really long quote, and you feel in your nose there's like a tingle like you might sneeze at any second? Yeah, that happens to me all the time. I'm a, so if, pardon me if I sneeze all the way through this, everybody. But here it goes. <laughs> I want a dyke for president. 
I want a person with AIDS for president, and I want a fag for vice president, and I want someone with no health insurance, and I want someone who grew up in a place where the earth is so saturated with toxic waste that they didn't have a choice about getting leukemia. I want a president that had an abortion at 16, and I want a candidate who isn't the lesser of two evils, and I want a president who lost their last lover to AIDS, who still sees that in their eyes every time they lay down to rest, who held their lover in their arms and knew they were dying. I want a president with no air conditioning, a president who has stood online at the clinic, at the DMV, at the welfare office, and has been unemployed and laid off and sexually harassed and gay bashed and deported. I want someone who has spent the night in the tombs and had a cross burned on their lawn and survived rape. I want someone who has been in love and been hurt, who respects sex, who has made mistakes and learned from them. I want a black woman for president. I want someone with bad teeth, someone who has eaten hospital food, someone who cross-dresses and has done drugs and been in therapy. I want someone who has committed civil disobedience, and I want to know why this isn't possible. I want to know why we started learning somewhere down the line that a president is always a clown, always a John and never a hooker, always a boss and never a worker, always a liar, always a thief, and never caught. And that was said by Zoe Leonard, and it's as true today as it was in 1992 when she said it. That is a wonderful quote. In terms of that, I do have a quote. They got my vote. (laughs) That was said by me. That was said by Kendall. Write that one down in your quip diaries, everyone. Write it down. down. You're going to want to revert to it later. (laughs) You're going to want to. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm Cliff. All right, I'm Kendall. We'll see you next week. All right. Oh, wonder if they have those breadstick filled down at the... I don't know. I'm wondering if there's any day-old cinnamon rolls back there in the break room. Ooh, no item. Thanks for listening to Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. Binge listen to more episodes at cliffandkindle.podbean.com. What would you... What would you... Right, 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 right